Thanks for tuning in to Organic Matters. We'll take a few minutes. We're going to do our gardening section. I try to do one every uh, week, at least partly on gardens and what it's, you know, it's cold now, but there's still things you can do. But what I'm going to tell you about is a plant that's become so popular that it's kind of off to scale to some degree, and that's kale. Kale's everywhere now. That's the good news. It's very good for you. Bad news is because it's become so commercialized, kale occasionally now gets on what I call the dirty dozen list. They're using chemistries and things on it they didn't used to do. So I'm going to tell you how to grow your kale organically. It took me a while. Uh, Kale is an acquired flavor. Once you get involved and learn to appreciate it both cooked and and even as in salads, it's really, really one one of the best individual green vegetables you can eat. Kale actually is kind of an easy to grow, cool weather crop favored by a lot of gardeners everywhere now in the country almost. As members of the brassica family, kale and collard greens are both varieties of non-heading cabbages actually, unrelated to broccoli, cauliflower, Brussels sprouts, one of my favorite, kohlrabi, bok choy, and some others. But those are the, at least in our country, the most frequently eaten cabbage type plants. So here's how to grow kale organically in your garden. And incidentally, I'll try to bring up kind of reasons you might want to. Let's do a minute of history. Kale was originally selected from the European wild cabbage and was grown as a food crop in the Mediterranean region of Europe and Asia Minor, gosh, as early as 2000 BCE. That's way back, folks. Non-heading, curly-leafed, and flat-leafed varieties of cabbage were described in Greece text dating from the 4th century. These forms of loose-leaf cabbage were later referred to by the Romans as Sabellian kale, from the Roman word callus, referring to this whole group of plants which are considered to be the ancestors of all of our modern kale plants. Cabbage, collards, and kale were spread across Europe and Asia by the Romans and became the most popular green vegetables in the Western European area during the Middle Ages. The Celts, in particular, took to these cold-loving crops and spread them across the British Isles. In fact, the scientific name of cabbages, brassica, actually comes from a Celtic word for this plant, brassic. Cabbage and kale were later brought to the New World by the colonists from England, with the first written record of them back in 1669. By the 1700s, cabbage and kale were extensively grown by both colonists and the native peoples. In the 19th century, Russian red kale was introduced by Russian traders into Canada and then into the United States. For most of the 20th century, kale was used in the United States primarily for decorative purposes, but it became more popular as a vegetable in the 1990s due to its high nutritional values. Let's take a minute to talk about the varietals. Kales are differentiated by length of stem and leaf type. The two main types are scotch, or curly, kale, from the Celts, which really have very curly or crumpled leaves, and the Siberian or Russian types, which are flat or at least less curled. There are dwarf and tall selections of both varietals. And yes, there are many varieties of kale that you can grow right in your own garden, including some ornamental ones, with leaf colors in blue, green, magenta, white, and purple to almost pure black. Some are beautiful. 
Popular kale varieties will include, for instance, blue curled scotch. That's the most common type of the curly leaf kales you'll see most places. One, I like the common name, is called dinosaur kale. Laxinado is a fancier name for it. And it's a flat leaf variety often used more in Italian cooking and soups or stews more so than even the curly kales. Red Russian I mentioned earlier, it's a tender flat leaf red stem variety uh, often picked very, very young and just used directly in salads as, as a raw, fresh additive. And if you like color, there's one called Red Boar. It's a stunning, deep purple curly variety that can get three feet tall. It's a big plant, supply a lot of food. And finally, the Thousand Head is kind of a unique variety, kind of a little harder to find. But it has wide, flat leaves that can grow also up into the three-foot range. So that just gives you a few of the varietals there are more. So just how do we go about growing our kales? Like all cabbage family members, kale is a biannual, but it's typically grown in our area as an annual. Kale grows in all climate zones, but if you live in zone six or warmer, and that's most of us folks, you can easily overwinter your kale for an early spring crop. In the warmer parts of the climate, you can actually harvest your kale year round. Because they're really so robust, just two or three or four plants per person are sufficient to provide plenty of leafy greens during the cool springs and fall months in almost all parts of our country. You can actually grow kale in traditional garden beds, raised beds, or containers. If you decide to grow your kale in pots, make sure the container is at least 10 inches deep. They need a pretty long root system. You can also mix colorful kale plants into your ornamental gardens. Just harvest the plants entirely before they bolt, go to seed that is, or get too tall and leggy to look nice. I have grown kale even in some pretty alkali soils, but kale really kind of likes a little bit acid, like six and a half, anywhere in that area. And it likes well-drained soil. I find it really easy to grow if you enrich your soil with a lot of organic compost. I, I say if you can have the area cover 30 pounds for every 100 square feet to originally get started with, the, and that also will help you with your pH. For an even better harvest, try growing a nitrogen-fixing legume cover crop in your garden bed and till it in before planting your kale. Of course, like most green plants, kale grows best in full sun, but it will also do pretty doggone good in partial shade, which gives you a lot of, a lot more uh, area you might be able to plant around your house than just the garden. As long as it gets eh, about four hours of direct sun a day, you'll get a good crop of kale. Kale can be sown directly into the garden or started indoors and then transplanted into the garden. You can direct seed it in cold climates as soon as the soil temperature, listen, gets to at least 45 degrees so, so that it will sprout. Start plants indoors in a seed starting mixture about six weeks before your last expected frost date works very well. Plant seeds just a little, like a quarter inch deep and keep them moist. Kale seeds germinate quickly in warm soil and should sprout in a week, maybe as a matter of fact, I've had them come up in as little as five days. For fall harvest, sow seeds directly into the garden anytime from May or June through September, even earlier if you're in the south, for a late fall crop that will taste super sweet, especially after you get a bit of good frost. 
Space your seedlings about 12 to 15 inches apart. Remember, they're going to be a pretty good sized plant in rows that are from a foot and a half to two feet apart, allowing them the space they need to get big and lush. If you use intensive spacing, like square foot gardeners do sometimes, space plants 10 to 15 inches apart still High intensity spacing prevents weeds, so it is helpful in some ways. Fertilize your kale about once a month. I use fish emulsions and, and, and teas made from seaweeds. And, uh, or you can also make your own compost tea. I've talked about that in other parts of my shows. Kale plants will mature. takes 50 to 65 days. It varies a little bit according to which one you've planted. You can also pick leaves sooner. Many people prefer small, tender kale leaves. I do, especially in my green salads. Kale's really pretty easy to grow first. It really does well once established. But, as a little tip here that I worked through the hard way, be sure your plants get at least one real inch of water per week, either from regular irrigation or, of course, keep up with your rains. Once your kale seedlings have reached six inches tall, give them a two or three inch layer of good, finished composted mulch to help retain soil moisture and to keep their roots a little cooler. Remember, they're sort of a cool-loving plant. And I should mention here, like most what we call winter vegetables, is what I consider kale, the taste of kale improves greatly if it receives a few frosts before you start picking it. An extremely cold-tolerant plant. Kale can be harvested as late as December or January, and even in the northern parts of our country here, and in the south, you can get it year-round. It will overwinter in almost all warmer locations below about zone six and a half to seven. If you grow it in a cold frame, you can harvest it all year long at, at your will. Again, get it to a couple of cold nights first, and you'll enjoy it a lot more. The last couple of minutes of this part of the show, let's talk a little bit about the, the problems you can have, and there are always some when you grow things. Uh, aphids, aphids are, you know how to look for them. They, they leave behind little sticky excrements. I don't know what you call it. We call them honeydew, which incidentally some ants come to get, but they will turn into a black sooty mold, which is really uglier than it's not, than it is dangerous. But this is where you use something, again, organically, Get yourself a good insecticidal soap. It'll take care of the problem perfectly safe. If you're growing in areas where you don't get a lot of, especially wind and air movement, white flies, a little tiny thing that flies around like they rise in a cloud when you disturb your plant, uh, that can become a problem. Same thing. Use insecticidal soap or you can use neem oil. But I'm going to warn you about neem oil. I like neem oil. It's very effective. It's too effective. If you're watching for your bees, butterflies, and you're really a, a green nerd like me, I stay away from neem oil unless I really, really need to use it. But it is extremely effective. Occasionally, you'll have flea beetles show up. It's easy to tell. They're little jumping black little guys. That's why they're called flea beetles. Easy to take care of, though, with a good powdering of diatomaceous earth. Again, another thing neem will control if you want to deal with neem in the garden that you're in charge of. Of course, the cabbage moths and worms, they're everywhere you grow, a basket of this can happen. The good news is there's a very, very effective, natural, biological, sure-proof pesticide, insecticide, I don't know which one, because it's really neither one. It's actually a bacterium called Bacteria thuringiensis, and once it that worm eats the mighty littlest bit of a leaf or something's got it on it, it just emulsifies. It turns the, emuls the, the worm into a 
almost a cream. I hate to say that, it's insides. And the good thing is the worm's still edible by birds or whatever else is still living in your garden, so it's very safe. One of the problems I've had is snails and slugs. It indicates one thing usually is you're keeping your garden too damp, folks. So while I tell you you want to water them regularly, you don't need to keep the area uh, damp all the time. Diatomaceous earth will work with snails and slugs, so a thing called Sluggo. It's a commercial product, but it is safe, and, and it's easy to find in most any gardening outlet. And finally, you may get a bit, a bit of a mildew problem. That's usually a watering and air circulation problem. Pretty much solved if you water either super early in the morning, but if you've got to water during the day, water as early as you can in the evening. You really don't want your plants to be wet overnight. That really, really kind of uh, gives downy mildew an ideal biological living situation. So I hope that's it. I've got a lot more to tell you about how to cook it and, and how to appreciate it. We'll probably do that in another show, but if you haven't grown kale, you'll be amazing at how easy it is and how much you learn to enjoy it. Not to mention it's one of the best vegetables you can eat for your health. Thanks for staying tuned to Organic 